0: this is going to take a while to explain everything so stay with me it all comes around my very first car was a dark green 2000 Volkswagen Jetta it was the most basic of basics when it came to cars no options whatsoever except for an automatic transmission it was $300 slow dumpy no right headlight drove straight with the steering wheel practically sideways and it would let out a cloud of white smoke when it started. Every stereotype of a poor high schooler's car you can think of, my car was no exception. Despite it being a piece of German crap, I loved that car. I drove it every chance I had, I named it Thunder Bunny. She was my baby, my beautiful green baby. But Volkswagens from that generation, Jettas especially, had a pretty bad flaw in the automatic transmission. I'm not exactly sure what causes it, but essentially the transmissions gradually get worse and worse until the car would not shift into third gear. And there's not a thing you can do from there. So a couple of weeks after Halloween 2019, I was going about 30 miles per hour when the engine suddenly roared and the car wouldn't speed up. I feared the worst, and my fears were justified. My dad, a mechanic, didn't even have hope for my baby. She was gone already, and so, much to my dismay, we started looking for a new car. It only took about a month for us to find her, a dark green 1999 Volkswagen Jetta, exactly like my old car, but absolutely everything. She was faster, had heated leather seats, auto windows, auto sunroof, everything. All except for an automatic transmission. I knew how to drive manual, so it was perfect. I had a new baby, at least in my eyes. I loved that car even harder. I named it Little Boy and was happy. Now I'm about to get to the story, but there's a few things I need to explain. First is for people that might not know, but when you have a manual car, you cannot leave it in gear and take your foot off the clutch. If you do, the car will stall, which is bad. So if you do not leave your car in gear, you need to turn the engine off before taking your foot off the clutch. If you don't want to turn the car off or have it turn itself off, you need to pull the handbrake or it will roll away guess what the only really broken thing on my car was at the point this story takes place if you guess the handbrake you're right and that was the second thing no handbrake okay now on to the story i started working as a pizza delivery driver in a smaller growing town in michigan it was good money But every once in a while, I deliver to an incredibly sketchy place, and have had a few shotguns pulled on me. One night, about two months ago, I was delivery on a Friday. Usually Fridays are very busy, but this day was a little slow. So when a delivery came in at 8.30, and half an hour before we closed, I jumped on it. I realized it was 7.1 miles away, so all of the closing jobs would be done by the time I got back, and I would have been able to leave immediately. It was a way out of town in a wood-surrounded neighborhood, but again, no work when I got back to the store. It seemed like a good deal to me, and I'm all about those sort of deals. And so I climbed into my car and went to drive 7.1 miles away. As I pulled up to the house, I began to get a bad feeling. The house was in a small trailer park type neighborhood, next to a lake. The kind that the houses are all a good distance apart, and it was completely dark. No lights inside, no lights outside. There was a single car in the driveway and an open window on the side of the house. I pulled in behind the car in the driveway and sat there for a moment. Something was off. The house was completely dark. I mean there wasn't so much as a nightlight that I could see. Usually when I deliver to a dark house, there's at least a light on upstairs or something that could signal that someone was awake waiting for their pizza but the house seemed dead nevertheless i put the car in gear turned off the engine and grabbed the small cheapest pizza we had and got out without my headlights on there was nothing i could barely see the house the only light was the dim moon i walked onto the porch and passed a big open window to the front door. As I reached the front door, I saw it. The door was slightly cracked open, just enough for me to see into the void of the house. Thinking of every single horror movie I've ever seen, I said out loud, Fuck that! and hurried back to my car. I'm a tall, well-built looking guy, but despite my wide shoulders and baggy hoodie, I'm a fro thing, and can hardly fight off a small dog. I got into my car and turned on the engine. My headlights illuminated the house, and almost simultaneously, the living room light behind the big open window lit up, and a single guy looked out and walked to the front door. I cussed to myself and weighed my options. If I went up to the door, I could die. If I noped out of there, I would 110 percent be fired. That meant no new car part, no gas money, no cute dates with my girl, just sitting at home doing virtual schoolwork. It was a stupid choice I know, but I grabbed the pizza and opened my door. Making a choice I damn glad I made. I took the car out of gear and climbed out, mostly so my engine would still be running so that if I needed to get back, I could run back and immediately take off. I walked to the door, where the man had opened it the rest of the way, and as I got closer, I got a good look at him. I'm not one to judge a person based on their physical appearance, but this guy's head was cleanly shaven and was covered in tattoos. He was wearing a pair of grey jeans and a white tank top. He had a scowl on his face and was staring me, dead in the eyes. I looked past him for a moment into the house, which was completely empty. As I got close enough that I started opening the pizza bag, he started to reach around his waist, and I stopped. He was staring at me with the most evil grin I've ever seen. I knew in that moment that I was about to die. I had always heard that your life seems to flash before your eyes when you think you're dying. I thought about my girl, that she wouldn't know what happened. My work would stop delivering upon my disappearance, assuming that my body wasn't ever found and my dad would regret telling me that he was happy for me landing this job. And that's when I heard it, that distinct sound of gravel under tires. My only pathetically small chance of escape was rolling away. I didn't even look back at the car to know that. I just stared at the man and was about to say, fuck you, when he looked back to my car. I heard the sound of the car rolling. It was getting closer. The guy's eyes went from the driveway to behind me. I finally looked over my shoulder, and my car had rolled backwards, and I come to a smooth stop near the mailbox of the house. I looked back at the guy who had a nervous look. He looked back at me and scowled again and took his hand from around his waist. He reached back into his front pocket and took out $12 and handed it to me. I gave him the pizza and watched him slam the door shut. I ran back to my car and practically tore the door off, trying to get in. I looked back at the house and the man was standing in front of the window, staring out at me. You better believe I nearly spun the tires on my way out of there. I kept glancing at my mirrors until I started driving under streetlights. It was easily the scariest moment I've ever had. As soon as I got back to the store, I told my boss about it, and she called the police. We never heard anything about it after that. I assumed they went to the house and only found a small cheese pizza. Regardless, I started carrying a knife on me at all times, and my boss, is considering getting trackers for our pizza bags only recently i realized this is sort of a butterfly effect i thought it was the worst thing ever that my transmission went out and i cursed volkswagen for designing such a terrible automatic transmission but if that transmission was still working then i would have still had that car when this happened i would have put the car in park and it would have sat there While whatever was going to happen, happened. I have zero doubts in my mind that that man was planning on murdering me. So shitty German engineering saved me from getting murdered. 2012, I went with my boyfriend to a diner on a Wednesday night. This place advertised Free Pie Wednesday when you spend X amount of dollars. The restaurant was right by his apartment, literally less than a 5 minute drive. It was a rainy night, and the restaurant was in a southern college town, but not close enough to campus to get much of a late night crowd, and definitely not in the rain. Both of us enjoy quiet places, so we spontaneously decided to give it a try. The place was a normal, bland-looking chain restaurant, shaped like a U. From one end of the restaurant, it would be impossible to see what was going on on the other end. It's around 9pm, and not all restaurants are going to be open past then, but diners like this often are. The Waffle House and the Denny's near campus is usually pretty packed late into the night. This place is empty, except one bubbly female staff member. Now I've been in food service before. I asked a waitress what time they close, because I hate when people come right at closing time. She says they're open to midnight. Lucky us. Our waitress was a skinny, petite, maybe 30-year-old woman who sat us away from the front. She introduced herself as Sally, and right away, I got the distinct feeling she was lying about her name. It's the way she took a moment to smile after she did it. It reminded me of the way my sister, who was a pathological liar, would slip in a little lie. Something was a little off, but nothing alarming. I mean... My sister is completely harmless. I notice Sally isn't wearing a name tag, just jeans and a polo shirt. She gives us menus and again says her name is Sally. And again, I'm picking up on those subtle body language cues I learned from living with a liar. So I'm thinking, Sally is full of crap. It stands out in my memory as my first impression. My second impression was, damn, this lady talks a lot. I haven't seen you before, are you new? Here for college? I had great roommates in college, do you have any roommates? Aren't Thursdays the worst? There's nothing to do. Do you have any plans for later? It was kind of annoying, but she seemed nice, if a bit fake, and we figured she was bored out of her mind, and maybe she was making an effort to get more tips for being friendly. It became clear that we were the only people eating there, and there weren't even any other food service for her to talk to. As far as I could see, it was just the three of us. We didn't want to be rude so we just answered her obnoxious questions, thinking it was an attempt at small talk. After our main dinner she takes our order for pie, and then starts chatting it up about the weather. It's so dangerous to drive in the rain. It should blow over soon. I'd wait here if I were you, and blah blah blah." I started to get a bit creeped out, like, why was she being so clingy? It was not necessarily a feeling of being in danger, it was more like, why are you so obsessed with me? So I get creeped out, but then I feel bad for it. Who do I think I am, Regina George hating on some nerd? The lady probably just wants to bring home some tip money. She brings us two slices of pie. And gives us some peace. The pie was absolutely gross. It had mixed berry and it tasted super fake sweet, very artificial, like a child's lip gloss flavor. I don't know why I ate more than one bite, other than I was broken, never wasted food. After a few cringy bites, I look to the back of the diner and the waitress is standing near a back door, staring at us with some man. Heavyset, pale skin, sweat-stained white shirt, huge barrel of a man, with a facial expression, like he was watching cockroaches he was about to step on. They're both just staring silently. My blood went cold. All the hairs on my neck went up. They saw I was looking at them and they went into the kitchen quickly. Finally. Alarm bells in my brain are ringing like a freaking tornado siren. I whispered, We need to get the hell out now, just sneak out and fucking go. My boyfriend could see that I was freaked out. We threw down cash with a big tip, grabbed our jackets, left our gross half-eaten pie, and we bolted. We drive home and start laughing at our overreaction. That man was probably just a cranky cook who wanted us to go home so he could chill. And that waitress was just fishing for tips. Boy did she luck out because she got well over a 50% tip because I was too chicken to wait for change. Then the night went from kinda creepy to actual horror. I remember laughing in the car. And then I was waking up shivering and shaking in our dark apartment. My boyfriend was laying on the top of the bed fully dressed with shoes on. I had been slumped over, half on the bed, half on the floor, also dressed in my rain-soaked jeans and boots. It was half past midnight, and I didn't remember parking or unlocking the door, or walking inside or anything for the last two hours. I wake my boyfriend up in a panic. He remembers coming back but not too clearly. He says he remembers going to the bathroom and becoming super disoriented, like the room was spinning but feeling a strange calm Then nothing. We had both blacked out, something neither of us ever experienced before or after. We didn't have a drop of alcohol or do any drugs. We are so lucky that we live so close, if we passed out like that on the road, who knows what would have happened, even if we stayed in that restaurant for 3 more minutes. This was almost 10 years ago, and I remember calling the non-emergency police line about it in the morning, after I calmed down a little. The person I talked to on the phone sounded like they didn't believe me, and questioned if I was partying, which I wasn't, and generally had the tone that I was wasting their time. It was a frustrating phone call where the police person asked, well, what do you want me to do? I don't remember my response. It was awful. Probably worse than the feeling of violation from that night was the attitude of annoyance and dismissal from the authorities. later? I looked up the restaurant online, and the hours are from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m., just a little extra spice to the -the what-the-fuck soup and further confirmation that something definitely wasn't right from the get-go. What sober person passes out like that, slumped over the edge of the bed in cold, rain-soaked clothes? Two sober people with no history of fainting just collapse for no reason? I think we've all been told to never leave your drink alone if you go out to a bar or party. It never occurred to me that some danger could come from a chatty waitress in a chain restaurant. high school i had a stalker here's the story i'll try to keep it concise but there's a lot of information for sure i was 16 and we met on facebook he went to a nearby school and we decided to meet up for a movie we had a great time together and ended up dating the first time he came to my parents' house he had an ankle monitor on for house arrest And wouldn't tell anyone why. That was red flag number one. And since he was a minor, we couldn't find out. My parents obviously didn't allow us to hang out. So we hung out at his house, or around town at the YMCA camp. I was rebellious and naive. Things started to get weird when I noticed this family was pretty odd. One day, we were having sex in his bedroom and I saw his father looking through the blinds. I screamed and called him out, and his dad ran off. Stalker guy told me that his dad was just into redheads and liked to watch us, so this wasn't the first time. I went to leave, and his mom was doing crack in the kitchen, so I decided that it was time to break up. And this is when it got bad. He started crying and told me that he is in cancer treatment, and that's why he needs me. He doesn't have long to live, blah, blah, blah. I believe him and told him we can be friends. And this is when the stalking started. He switched schools to my high school but never went to class. He would just stand outside my classroom looking inside until it was passing period. When I would leave class, he wouldn't address me. He would just follow about 10 to 15 feet behind me to my next period and stand outside the classroom again. I was too intimidated to say something to him. He was 6'4 and a heavy-set guy, so I just let it happen for weeks. It started to progress to where he would follow me home every day. He would get on the same bus as me, despite living across town, and walk about 10 to 15 feet behind me all the way to my house. He would stand outside, just staring up at the window until around the time my parents got home, and then he would leave. Finally, I told him to fuck off and leave me alone. I told him that we can no longer be friends or acquaintances and to forget about me. However, That escalated things way further. I started getting about 150 calls a night. Half of them were him screaming death threats and in-detail torture methods that he wanted to do to me. And the other half were him singing me love songs that he wrote on his guitar. Every time I blocked his number, he seemed to just magically get a new one and leave more messages... I woke up one day to see that overnight he had left me one of those dancing, singing snowmen on my porch. He had stabbed it in the head and the knife was still sticking out. He covered it in his liquid detergent that he had previously mentioned liking the smell of. And I noticed that there was a hole where the little song recording device was. When I pressed the hand... It was not the regular Frosty the Snowman song that played. It was his voice, singing eerily, I'm going to have you forever. I'm never going to let you be. I was done at this point and told my parents, who contacted the school. They suspended him, but he still waited at my bus stop every day and followed me home. One day... He ran at me, like he was going to tackle me. When I tensed up for the impact, he stopped and hugged me. It wasn't a regular hug. It was like he was trying to crush me type of hug. I was 5'1 and about 90 pounds at the time, and he ended up cracking one of my ribs. I cried and he started crying too before running off. He left me a voicemail. Apologizing in a song This one night is the night I'll never forget It's the reason we got a restraining order And my dad got a gun I woke up one evening for no reason I Was just fully awake I got up to go to the kitchen to get a glass of water to relax And in the reflection of my fridge I saw movement in my backyard I couldn't see well because it was so dark outside and so light inside so I went to the back sliding glass door to get a better look when I got closer I was met with the silhouette of a 6'4 man standing just outside my door it was stalker guy in my backyard under my room at 3 a.m. He was just staring at me I yelled and my parents got up But he was gone by the time my dad went outside There's a patio right outside my bedroom window That goes all the way to the ground So it's possible that he could have been on top of the patio Looking directly into my bedroom window We got a restraining order granted shortly after that the starker guy dropped out of school I haven't seen him since in person but every 6 months or so he makes a new facebook and tries to friend me I just block it and report every time